Hey, hey, welcome to Ticker Explorers. I'm Aaron Young. I'm Mike Loder. Welcome we back. We have a big show. Mike is just back from the Gold Coast with the Actress Awards. The Actor, actor Awards. Actor Awards. I don't know. It seems sexist to me. But uh, anyway, Margot Robbie was there. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But uh, today we're also talking about the Vision Pro. People are, People are returning back. their Vision Pros. Wow. We talked about it last week where they were driving with them and walking right, around with them. Right. Well, seems like they're too expensive. Mark Zuckerberg will be pretty happy about that. We're also going to be talking about wage growth, why it's sluggish, some of the industrial relations laws that might be impacting that as well so plenty coming up and the democratization of film yeah very exciting stuff i would and i do and let's get into it All right, so great to be with you. How were the Actor Awards? They were amazing. It was yeah. an, an incredible spread. It was exciting to be amongst it. Incredible spread. What was it, a dinner? Well, yeah, it yeah. was. I got to eat dinner. Wow. And it was really, really nice. You got nice. to eat dinner. I got to sit down. We don't let dinner. him eat dinner, uh, but so that's, that's incredible. It was great. <laughs> um, isn't that funny? The first thing I say about it is the food and the drink were amazing. Um, <laughs> what about the people? Meet anyone famous? Uh, oh, God, multiple, but I can't talk about it on oh, air. It's, uh, wow. yeah, got to be careful. Wow. But, um, wow. No, I did manage to sneak into the actual awards ceremony. Yeah. Um, because I was along as one what of What you don't know is we had some other people there who sent us some video of you at the end of the night. We'll bring that up later in the show. What? Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Uh, Vision <laughs> Pro. Um, now, really interested in that one. Um, here's a story. Why are people handing them back? They're handing them back. It's like $5,000. There's a bunch of reasons they're handing them back. It's, we're talking comfort. People are getting eye strain. They're having headaches. They're saying it's too big. It's too oh. heavy. So if you're wearing it for long periods of time, it's actually too heavy Isn't on their faces. Isn't that the kind of inherent problem with these goggles, though? Like anyone who wears sunglasses, even then you get sick of them and there's barely anything to that. I don't know about that. I was wearing my sunnies the whole time on the well, Gold Coast. Well, you're on the Gold Coast. Coast. You have it. to. Yeah, those UV rays, <laughs> as uh, Rebel Wilson said. Um, but uh, in terms of um, the Vision Pro, I, I guess like the question is, is the technology ready for what they're trying to achieve? Well, I've got one Is person... just a bit disappointed. I've got one person who jumped up on X and said, two hours after unboxing my Apple Vision Pro and using it, I decided to box it back up again and return it. Wow. It's quite cool, but there's nothing in it for me that I'll use frequently enough to warrant keeping it. And that's exactly the issue. So what can you do with this, right? It's not like your mobile phone when the iPhone came out, yeah. there were so many things to do. You had the app store with lots and lots of things. It's only about 600 apps for the Vision Pro, and I'm not sure that many of them will be great. But also um, the phone, you can just kind of put it over there. Yeah. Taking on and putting off and going through the rigmarole of putting on the Vision Pro means kind of in it for the long haul once you Don't turn forget it on. that cable that you've got to the connected to the battery pack at this stage. It's all Which sort of was designed to make it, it lighter. So if people aren't happy about it and saying it's still too heavy, did it mm. work? I'm looking forward to giving it a go when it comes out, but um, I think I just don't Well, know it is out, it. but would you buy it? God, no. No. I, I can't, I'm not going to, $3,500 for a, a, it's a bit of a novelty at this stage, I think. Well, but the thing is that if it's going to be that price, it has to be incredible. And I'm just not sure whether or not the daily use of it what can you do with it that you can't do with your mobile phone? That is the inherent problem. Well, this bloke's watching a movie, right? And I can he's watch able, a movie on yeah, my phone. Yeah, but he's able to scale it up to a huge size, right? I so have it's a in TV in my face. lounge room. I keep seeing people in situations where they would have a TV and they're just doing it instead of watching the TV. I also see, wonder how the sound is. Yeah, that's an interesting one. That would be interesting to see. Yeah, keen to hear your thoughts on this. You can always join the conversation, hashtag ticker 
on this one as well. I want to talk about wage growth. There's I want to a, talk about the MetaQuest, but you obviously want to. No, all right, let's talk about MetaQuest quickly. <laughs> Just because we've been returning yeah, all these Zuckerberg. things. Zuckerberg. He's trying the Vision Pro. He's got his thoughts. Obviously, he's uh, recommending the Quest 3, saying well, it's a better a product. Well, he's but everyone says that that's really heavy. And now in the metaverse, it's only now people are starting to get legs. But, le- but let's take a look at a little <laughs> clip from him uh, speaking about the product itself. My friend Kenny is actually capturing this video on Quest's high-resolution mixed reality pass-through right now. We're, we're just here in my living room, and you, know, you can see his, his browser windows and you know, whatever else he's got running up here. Quest's immersive content library is a lot deeper. You know, we've been working with studios, uh, building virtual and mixed reality games and other content for a long time now. And if you want to watch YouTube or play Xbox on a big screen anywhere you go, uh, that's only available on Quest for now. Interesting stuff from him and the team. We'll move ahead to the wage growth situation. Yeah, let's talk about wage growth because it is a problem. There it is again. Uh, so um, we have been hearing this story. It's on the Ticker website if you want to check it out, about how the latest industrial relations laws and the post-COVID pandemic have meant that wage growth has become a lot harder. Interestingly, for young people, though, it's becoming a lot easier to change jobs and a lot easier. There's not, not this kind of attachment. But we are seeing a lot of IR laws coming in, uh, particularly in Australia at the moment, and it's having a significant impact on companies companies and also the ability. We've heard from the former head of the Reserve Bank who Mm. was finishing up last year, Philip Lowe, and he said, governments need to make it easier in terms of laws for people to be able to leave jobs and for companies to be able to fire people from those jobs. And if it was, it's a little bit like if you think about people with mortgages or high electricity prices, they've tried to make it easier to switch banks. They've tried to make it easier yeah. to swap electricity, electricity providers. providers. Yeah. Jinx personal no returns. So that you're able to uh, so that you're able to 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 be competitive. Uh, in the job sphere sphere, a job to an employer might only be worth a certain amount of money to them, right up until the employee says, I'm going somewhere else. Mm. That can spur on competition or just the very fact of movement can also push things up. But people, human beings are creatures of comfort. Which certainly are. Although I know a lot of my friends are shifting jobs around and actually just actively looking mm. for other things constantly. Mm. Um, but they're very unsettled, very unsettled in their careers and, you know, trying to find out what's going on. You know, we've had the great resignation and all these sort of things. I love generic overlay. Look at this. Oh. What do you think these people are doing? They're working, uh, I've Aaron. I've seen I that put overlay this t- 55 times. I spent a lot of time putting this together, Aaron, and I even recut it this morning, fresh, baked off the grill, and I cannot believe you have pointed it out. Oh, what's she doing? She's, she's got a, filling out she's forms got, and she's, got, she's taking she's notes. She's coloring in the, uh, the post-it notes. <laughs> Was there anything else you wanted to say about He's this sluggish wage growth? About uh, <laughs> this piece of paper. What's on this piece of paper? Uh, it Not says, a whole lot. Keep looking at it. I love generic overlay. Um, no, I, I, <laughs> I just love giving it to Mike. Why would uh, you do that? Because it's funny overlay. Uh, no, look, I think that um, it's obviously a time where people are trying to look at um, increasing their salary, right? Yeah. So prices are going up. People are wanting to be paid more. Um, a lot of employers are saying this isn't working for us. The people paying us aren't paying us more. So how can we pay you more? And it's a really tight market out there. But it's interesting that the government in Australia, and, and um, you know, this isn't my opinion, but they have been adding additional laws in place over the past couple of years, past year. In fact, the Albanese government um, employer groups say that it's actually the worst government for business that they've ever seen. Um, and that has to be counting for something which mm. could be leading to a bit of a discrepancy because while all this is happening, you've got the rise of AI. 
And for example, if you have more than 20 employees now in Australia, um, and this was to try and differentiate small business to big business, it would mean that if you have more than 20 employees, those employees can form enterprise bargaining to try and get paid more. So the trend this year and last year for business is ditching employees to get under the 20 point. So... (laughs) I mean, how is that a good thing, right? I mean, there's a lot of moving parts to all this, isn't there? And the way it shifts and the way it changes uh, on a social And you just kind of hang on and, and hope for the best. Let's talk about democratization of film. Let's. This is an interesting story. It's going to be a topic at the NAB panel show in Las Vegas, uh, which we'll be at. And um, the, the concept of technology, but also if you have a look at the big film studios, it's mm. really clear that times are changing, right? There's a headline there about it as well, where we see uh, a more democratic future for filmmaking. A lot of people saying that, you know, in the industry, uh, historically you had to fly to an award ceremony to mingle, to try and get your film in front of people. Um, would you agree? I can't take you anywhere. Um, yeah, very much so. But I also think it's interesting. And it didn't take me to the Gold Coast. As, as you and I have been talking about for ages now, <laughs> something's got to give. Something's got to give within the film industry, whatever it is. It, it, new content, streamers need to work out what they're doing. And then, of course, you've got social media marketing. There was a lot of social influences at the event with their own category now. It's obviously a new new word. Well, we thing. saw the TikTok awards recently. You know, that was that was a huge thing. Mm. Um, and you look at the actor awards, and, and kind of no offense, but who watches these things? Like, it's nice to have. But all of the award ceremonies, like, the ratings just keep tumbling. The Oscars, um, all of them, whether it's the Grammys, like, it's been really the last 10 years. Um, I think that the, the, pri- the, the, the whole power of fame is changing. I think that Hollywood stars compared to influencers that you follow on a more personal level, as you mentioned, that's been a rapid transition and that would be the democratization of the industry. But I wonder if you can take those influencers and put them in big budget films. You know, at some point we'll see this shift where it's like they actually want to take some of that power from the influencers and say, hey, we're featuring this person. Or if these influencers actually, once they get in front of the cameras, in front of a film crew, it's a very different story to creating something speaking to your phone, if you know what I mean. Well, I think the phone relationship is a lot more personal than a film. Yeah. So a film is playing a role, acting something out. Um, My concern for the industry, though, is that if... The money goes across, and this is the TV industry, this is streaming, we're seeing the democratization. And for example, Ticker, you know, the very network that we're appearing on right now is a democratization of the streaming and the television market. When Mm. we were younger, there were only a couple of television networks. If you wanted to get involved or buy one or own one, you had to be a billionaire. You had to have a satellite in the sky, a tower on the hill, beaming out the pictures to your city. And it just isn't the case anymore. Um, And the internet has made it so much easier. The main problem then is maintaining standards so that the Hollywood vibe, the vibe of a television network that we grew up watching, where they have engineers and they have people making sure that everything looks terrific, that it still looks terrific. You don't want everything shot on an iPhone. Well, I mean, the iPhone Pro Max, the cinematic stuff, quality on that, I'm seeing more and more professionals using that um, for their actual shot. the point is professionals using it, right? So you still need to have quality. It's not just about the technology, but it's about the person behind it. The person who's behind it, of course. 
course, and hopefully we see, I don't know, a bit more But will we see $100 million dollar films, for example, from an independent? Well, that's, yeah, and but where's the money going to come from? That's my point. And then you have a look at what's happening to the big companies. Paramount Plus is losing subscribers, losing revenue as well. Disney um, they're Plus. all in trouble. Disney's been all over the shop over yeah. the past couple of years. So the democratization essentially means cutting at the core foundations of these big companies, the famous ones like Disney, like Warner Brothers, etc., but hoping that somehow they can still make these great films. Because otherwise, what happens to cinemas? Like we're seeing in the UK, I've got friends who work for cinema chains in the UK, and they've had to shut them all down. Really? Yep. The version of Hoyts and Village, gone. Because And look at this year, the strike... There's no good films coming out. We're going year. local now. We've decided we're going to start using the um, memberships that they offer for cheap Tuesdays and things like that at our local cinemas, the sort of smaller, more boutique ones. I think that's terrible. I think you should go full price to help out these poor people. The last thing they need is cheap tickets. These poor people? How well, much for a thing of popcorn? Yeah, Don't well, even get me stuck. Anyway. All right. BYO. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which, we've got to go. Good to see you. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back with more Ticker Explores and more Ticker after this. All the best. Yeah. <laughs>